0: Everybody, welcome to the From the Sidelines Podcast. My name is Noah Tyree and I'm here with Chad Davis. Hey, what's up? Devin Davis. Welcome to the show. And Josh Ball.
1: How's it going? How's it going?
0: And today we're going to talk about some sports. Feel free to follow us on our Instagram and Twitter at TheFTSPod and send in questions that you'd like for us to answer at TheFTSPod at gmail.com. And let's get right into it.
2: Alright, to break down the show as our first episode... We are four sports fanatics from the state of Kentucky. And of course, as you can tell, we are avid Kentucky basketball fans. Uh, We will be bringing you our takes on sports and everything in between from basketball, football, and baseball.
1: All right. Even though March is coming to an end, March Madness is starting to get hot. We're coming into the Final Four, but we're going to talk about the Elite Eight today. With one game in particular starting out, Virginia. Virginia. Virginia and Purdue. What do you guys think about that? About uh, Carson Edwards? 42 I think you points. Mean,
3: I think you mean instead of Purdue, Virginia outlasts Carson Edwards more like yeah. 42 points yeah. that game. No help from any of his teammates, hardly.
1: Yeah, uh, nobody else even scored in double figures. I think I, the next highest scorer was Ryan Klein, and he had seven points. And he went off the game before. But no yeah.
0: Harms uh, is the most underdeveloped underperforming big man i've seen in very long time i it's kind of disgusting
3: yeah for yep. a seven 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 three you have to i it's hard to be coordinated at seven and three but you, I, you just i just <laughs> seen him choke so many times at the rim you just gotta exactly. just gotta be better yeah. Than yeah. that.
1: yeah he's too thin if you put a body on him there's no way he can post you up
0: yeah, he has no strength. He literally can't get past five feet. And if you do, he gets, he somehow gets blocked. It's been just disgusting. I don't understand.
3: So, towards the end of the game, Virginia is up three. And I know some people do not like to do this, but they fouled so they could not get the three point shot off. What do y'all think about that call? Do you agree? Technical. Def- technical.
1: Yep, that's what I think. I think it should be a technical. Because that's just, I don't know, that's that's a lousy play. If you're up by three and you foul them so you could win the game, that should be a technical. You should get a free throw and the ball back so you have a chance to go for two after that or three and win the game. You know?
0: Man, I just, I really don't.
1: I mean, it's a strategic move, but I don't think it should be allowed.
2: But what happens if it plays out like it did uh, Saturday night?
1: But what if it doesn't?
2: I mean, it's not a guarantee, though. They can still I know, but chance, the, the chances throw.
3: are lower that you score three points off of a made free throw and then miss it and get the rebound than actually taking a, exactly. a three-point shot. Exactly. Should we punish a team
2: by awarding a technical foul, though, due to the strategic play?
1: I, there's got to be something. I don't know if they should get a free throw after it, but I don't know if it should be a technical, but maybe... I don't know. Maybe call a foul on them. The so way for teams down to intentionally foul. They should they should be allowed to inbound the ball, and get off a shot rather than getting fouled. I think. Okay. Huh.
0: this is Virginia's first Final Four since 1984, back in the Ralph Sampson days. Um. Uh, I can't, can't person- say
3: I know what that is, but go ahead.
0: Oh damn man, that's a real okay, change. Not a lie.
3: Wow.
2: <clears throat> Bro, Jim Valvano back in the stage. Yeah, back,
1: in- back in my yeah, day Wednesday, I used to be a big yeah. old Ralph Sampson fan. Yeah. <laughs> all right.
0: It's well balanced? no, I was just I was just about to ask like if you all really think like this time they'd be able to pull it off because back then they didn't. They got upset by eventual houston so i was just wondering if you think they'd actually come off as the number one seed to beat this
1: tourney i would i would think they would at least be auburn i mean
0: yes.
1: kentucky is, it's auburn yeah they're
3: they're a middle tier <laughs> sec team unless they play like kentucky. i don't think they'll have any they issues can either, they can either yeah. squeak by new mexico state Close, almost lose that game, blow it at the end, or just completely demolish three of the top blue blood blue blood schools in the co- in the NCAA. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: I feel like if they can do that, they may have a, ty- a chance here. They really may.
1: And like that'd be
2: that'd be very ironic beating Kansas, UNC, and Kentucky, and then faltering to Virginia after they just lost to UMBC last year.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> that's a very Bruce Pearl thing to do.
1: Right yep. after sweats the pursuit. I don't <laughs> see how they can get past Virginia. I mean, well, Kentucky I mean, played they're, awful, they're gonna, and they only they barely beat them.
3: Well, Virginia is going to, Auburn's going to face the best defense they've they've uh, faced all year, and Auburn's yeah. going to or Virginia, excuse me, Virginia is going to be better at guarding the perimeter. So they're going to have to try to get you ball screens and get open looks from three
1: or working inside.
2: Yeah, when, when you think about the pack
1: high.
0: line. So,
1: Yep. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the difference between Virginia and Kentucky, you know, Ashton Hagens, he had nine turnovers, and he can't shoot. His offensive ability is nothing compared to his defensive ability. But at least, you know, Kyle Guy, he put up 25 against Purdue, you know, I think he's... And they have lots of shooting on that team. Kyle Guy reminds
0: me of, like, a more advanced Kyle Corver a little
1: bit. I don't know why, but... (laughs)
3: And Auburn, <laughs>
0: it's just the way, like, he can shoot, but now, like, it's like a Kyle Corver that can drive, you know? Like, I, I don't understand it, but.
1: He's quicker and more athletic and more yeah, agile. That,
0: yeah, that's exactly, like, it's what Kyle Corver should have been. And you know?
3: Auburn's guards completely outplayed the Kentucky guards. I think exactly. Bryce Brown and Jared Harper combined for about 50 of their 77 total points.
0: Oh, exactly. That's And uh, if you can just shut down those two, you have a chance at the game.
3: That's
1: yeah. Well, we'll see you on Saturday. What do you guys think about? Uh, what do you think about Duke losing? I
3: could wow. not have been happier in my lifetime. <laughs> right, super, this super team of the Duke Blue Devils with Zion Williamson, the superstar, the next LeBron James, lost. Couldn't even make the final four. To Michigan State and Tom Izzo, it makes hey. me happy. I'm sorry, Duke fans, I really am, but, yeah, eat it. Hey, that's
0: what, that's what you get. That's what you get. Well, now past get? the Switch. bias part of the podcast. It was completely unbiased. I don't know what you're referring to. No bias whatsoever.
2: I think unless joke.
1: you're a Duke fan, you want Duke to lose. I
3: feel like it's most of America, most of America would agree with me, am I right? Yeah, signed America. But, <laughs> you know, with
1: us being Kentucky fans, I think most of America would want Kentucky yeah. to lose also. So
3: Yeah, see, 11th Amendment, thou
0: shalt hate Duke. So That's a big facts. So
3: That's
1: not the 11th <laughs> Amendment, but all right.
3: They should have lost UCF, Taco Fall, Taco. Tacos are yep. good. UCF uh, should have won that game. I can um, eat tacos all the time. I love them. when uh,
1: they're 7-3. They're delicious (laughs) and they just make everything
3: great. (laughs) They missed the tip in at the end. UCF did, and then the same exact thing in the Virginia Tech game. This same thing they missed, they missed the inbounds pass up to the basket and they missed it. Yeah, and then finally, their luck they ran ran out of luck and Michigan State uh, came out. Speaking
0: speaking of uh, game changing plays, I think you all know which one I'm about to bring up from the Texas Tech game. Try me. The Texas Tech game, near the end, where the big guy's going towards the corner. I can't remember his name for the life of me right now. Jarrett Culver, I think so. It may have been Big
3: 12 Player of the Year.
0: No, 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 no. It was towards the end of the game. It was the block that. He um, stayed oh, oh he's Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, what do you think of that?
3: Clutch. I'm, I mean, it was a block. Wait, 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 well, no, like shat- because
0: I. I don't like it that it should have been called out of bounds. I feel like since he had swatted already out of the air, it should have been fair game. But everybody's calling it out of bounds. I just want your opinion on it. It was
2: Tariq Owens, correct? I believe that was the player.
0: Hey, if the ref didn't call
2: it, the ref didn't call it. I
3: mean, it was a crazy athletic play. He he was on the he was out of bounds when he jumped up to save the ball in bounds, but I mean rest missed calls. I, we've, <laughs> yeah. we've seen we've seen plenty I mean, of that over the years. <laughs> so.
1: He was clearly he he was clearly out of bounds. The rest just missed it. You can't you can't stand out of bounds and then jump and throw the ball back in if you're already out of bounds. That's that's yeah. out of <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, I would
2: I just wouldn't reach across the end line and uh, get a technical foul while they're inbounding the ball. That, oh that's just an, an, idea. Just an yeah. idea. That's agreeable.
1: That's, that's a great idea. That's a great idea.
2: Can't say I've seen that one before, but that was,
1: was a good one. <laughs> All right, what are y'all's Final Four predictions? Do I want to go uh, Texas Tech? Or... Ride the oh. ride the Jared Culver
2: train. Ride the Jared Culver train.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go Texas Tech and.
3: Uh... <sighs> I... This good radio. Good radio. Good radio. I, I
0: know, I know, I I know it's great radio. I it's just I, I I'm not confident in my choices. Can I use a lifeline here?
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I'll step in here.
0: I
2: think uh, I think Virginia most definitely takes care of Auburn. Yeah. When you look at
0: the when you look
2: at the uh, pack line, uh, they most definitely uh, won't be able won't be able to get the open driving lines they had against the likes of Ashton Hagens and Tyler Hero. Uh, when you think about how they compact the paint. Um, it, could be, it could be a great opportunity for Auburn to get some open threes. Um, but if they struggle from shooting outside, with the exception of Bryce Brown like they did today against Kentucky, uh, Malik Dunbar has to show up. Um, I definitely think that he'll be an important factor in this game, um, kind of providing some relief from Jared Harper and Bryce Brown, kind of open up the offense.
3: But if they're I, unable I they're right
2: unable now. to crack that code then I think Virginia should be able to keep it low scoring and move to the championship
3: Auburn's game. three point shooting this yeah. entire tournament has been insane yep, Now exactly. it's it's up yeah. it's just whether you think they can keep it up or not against a good defensive Virginia team or not so if if they can shoot the lights out like I've done all tournament they have a, obviously they can beat anybody
1: but they're I bigger, yeah. I don't think
3: uh, they will and I think Virginia <laughs> handles them pretty easily
1: yeah, they're on a bigger stage versus a one seed. I don't see them doing it.
2: Yeah, so let's, well, go, let's
1: go on the record here. Who we got to well, win the title?
2: Josh, we'll start with you.
1: I want Texas Tech. But I'm gonna go Michigan State.
2: Michigan State, Noah. How about you?
1: That's the exact same answer I have.
3: Jack. I got. I got Virginia. Y'all can. Y'all can take Michigan State. I'm taking Virginia. <laughs>
2: I'm gonna roll with Virginia. Lose to a 16 seed, followed up with a
0: title. Here, this is how I what wanted it to play out. I that's wanted a, that's a to good story. Be Texas, uh, Texas Tech, and Virginia. and Texas Tech comes out on top, but I know that's probably not how it's gonna happen. But it, so, in case of a backup, I do want Michigan State, and I know that's gonna happen. So,
2: all right. Well, now that we've wrapped up. Uh, a terrific weekend of basketball. Um, in another world of sports, we had just another exciting event, opening weekends for the MLB baseball season. Cool. Um, Anybody else any... stay up to five? Because I didn't. Oh yeah, that was really <laughs> great. Waking up at 5 a.m. to watch some Mariners and A's baseball. We love that. Yeah, absolutely. Itro Suzuki's retiring. Um, I would say the biggest takeaway from the weekend has to be Christian Yelich continuing his MVP form, hitting four dingers in four days.
0: In, indeed, man, he's six through twelve with four homers and eight RBIs through four games. That's uh, that's a great start, don't you all think? That's that's a little crazy. And he's literally picking up. Oh yeah, that's
3: off. last year. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, that like that's a great start. And last year, like he's just picking up where he left off, man. He batted 326 with 36 home runs, 110 RBIs, 22 stolen bases, with just 135 strikeouts at, and with 147 games played.
3: And that man, no, go ahead,
0: go sorry. ahead. No, no. Oh well, I'm just saying this guy screams efficiency. Like it, I've never heard it so deafening. It's ridiculous.
3: Yeah, I was gonna say now that he's on a decent team with the Brewers instead of the Marlins, he actually has help around him, and that's improved his play. Ex- exactly, ex- exactly. Oh yeah, yeah. The Brewers are the a lot helps better
0: as well. The ballpark, man, going from Yo, Miami Miller Park. To Milwaukee, that's incredibly an upgrade for him at least.
2: Not <laughs> to mention the fact that he did it against uh, solid pitching and Miles Michaelis and Jack Flaherty.
0: In- indeed. indeed.
2: All right. Um, as we turn our attention to the uh, American League, uh, what stands out to you guys in the AL?
3: Well, first of all, Blue we Jays. have to start. No. Blue the plus, Jays. The Blue, Blue Jays. Jays. Is awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no,
0: uh, well, I mean, I just want to say that the Orioles went from 47 and 115 to starting the year off right. I think that's pretty commendable. And uh, the Rays are trying to show everybody that we're like where they were last, 90 and 72 last year, a little bit behind for a playoff spot. Um, I, I think they're trying to show that they can get there, but I, I don't know exactly.
3: And how about the Orioles have Indeed. have a chance to be the worst, absolutely the worst team in the MLB this year,
1: winning the opening series yeah. against the Yankees. That's insane. Exactly.
3: Yeah. How, That's how good, as good,
1: as as good as the as Yankees that. are? I did not see that coming at all.
0: Exactly. When you look at
2: the East standings, you see the Yankees 1-2 and in, in fourth place, Red Sox 1-3 and in, in fifth place. Which team are we more concerned about, the Yankees or the Red Sox, moving forward? I'm, I'm going go,
0: Yankees. Yeah, I'm going to go Yankees on that.
3: I'm going to disagree with you all. I'm going to go Red Sox. Oh, Here's this is why. From the
0: Red Sox fan.
3: As a Red Sox fan, I will tell you why. Starting pitching and our bullpen. Now, usually our starting pitching has been really good, but so far, so far to start out the season, it's not been good. Like, at all. Chris Sale got roughed up. Uvalli I would his
1: shoulder's messed up. That's what concerns me.
2: He didn't pitch in spring training, you got to think. Him and Blake Snell didn't pitch in spring training. got roughed up.
3: Yeah, yep. but he's still one of the best pitchers in the league. You can't give up a 21 ERA through three innings. That's just not acceptable. Damn. And then his, velocity, his velocity was down. And then poor Rick Porcello. Like, I don't even want to get started. First star this year, two and a third, nine runs. He used to be. He was. He won the Cy Young in 2016, and he's just not not, not the same player as he used to be.
2: He really lost control today.
3: Absolutely. Well. Yeah.
2: All right. Um, let's go back to the NL. Um, what do you think about uh, the NL West? Dodgers. Well, I, have thinking... if, yeah,
0: I was about to say, if you're going to say NL West, you might as well say Dodgers. So. Forty-two <laughs> runs through four games, averaging 10, 10 points, I guess. If you want to count, exclude the point twenty-five they're giving uh,
3: the game, averaging over yeah. ten runs per game so far to open up the season. That's exactly. pretty darn good. That,
0: that I've not, I I've never heard of that. I don't know if you all can tell me an instance. I've never heard of that. That. I, with Jock Peterson hitting the ball, he is with three home runs. Somebody else hitting it with four. I can't think of his name right
3: now. Yeah, Cody Bellinger. Uh, Cody Bellinger.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Cody. He's coming
0: back off injury from last year. Yeah, that splendid. Absolutely splendid.
3: They just have such a prolific offense. It's hard to it's hard to see them losing very many games with how the bats are going. Yep. Yeah. What you think about the fact that they added AJ Pollock in the outfield?
2: It's, uh, it's
1: really impressive what
2: they're able to do.
1: It just makes them that much better. And they're already good before they had him.
2: And it's not like they have. It's not like their pitching is lacking either. Oh, Hun- they definitely. Hungjin Ryu a great threw a Hanjin Hun- Gian- Ryu threw a gem to open the season. Six innings, one earned run, eight
1: strikeouts.
3: And Clayton was- Kershaw out. So when he gets back, they'll be even bright. They'll they'll be even better.
1: Oh yeah, definitely.
3: Well, speaking of
0: pitching, uh, free agency for Dallas Cushel, I hope I pronounced that night, and uh, Craig Kimbrell. I'm terrible with names, as
1: you can it's see. actually, hate to break it to you, Dallas Keuchel.
0: Uh, oh, okay. Keuchel.
1: That makes sense. That makes total sense, yeah. Yeah. That I'm right sense. there with you, Noah. I thought it was Cushel.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad somebody agrees. Anyway, where do you all think they're
3: going?
1: Kimbrell better go to the Braves. That's all I'm saying. If he doesn't go to the Braves, I think he's crazy. I think he's insane. Kimbrell, return to the
0: Braves.
1: He has to go to the Braves.
0: Yeah. Well, as Kukul, or however you said it, I can't (laughs) say it at all. That's how it is. Uh, They said Cincinnati Reds was a potential spot, along with Boston. What do you think of that, Chad?
3: I'm sorry. I did not even listen to a word you said. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> i was saying uh dallas Keuchel, i i can't pronounce his name yeah uh, uh saying that the cincinnati reds was a potential landing spot and also the boston red sox what did you think of that do you think that would help your pitching troubles
3: well absolutely i think dallas Keuchel is a great starting pitcher i don't know how he's not found a team yet but i know i know the reds the reds have been uh making free agency moves stacking up their uh batting order, um, the Yankees I know he was also looking at, but no, the Red Sox, if uh, they can get Dallas Keuchel in addition to Sale, David Price, Evaldi, Rodriguez, Porcello, I, that definitely would be fit up a little bit, yeah. Yep. And when, I, yeah.
2: And when you think about Dallas Keuchel, his profile has, a, has him as a ground ball pitcher. Um, he definitely fits into a smaller ballpark like Great American Ballpark or Fenway um, where he keeps the ball on the ground, prevents home runs, um, one thing he was really able to do in Houston um, throughout his career. So I definitely think that would translate well into those
0: specific parks. Yeah, I completely agree. That was my point exactly. What um, are your
2: thoughts on uh, the Brewers being linked to Craig Kimbrell uh, with the fact that um, Jeremy Jeffress is on the IL and, and um, they recently um, just have Josh Hader in the bullpen with the fact that Corey Kenebel is out with uh, Tommy John this year?
1: Well, I, I think mean, I think that uh, I think Kimbrell will fit in with the Brewers pretty well. Well, it could definitely beef up their
3: bullpen in addition to uh, their uh, starting rotation because he's one of the best ro- uh, closers in the league. And as a Red Sox fan, I hate to see him go.
2: All right. After an interesting four days of baseball, I'm intrigued to see how the rest of the season plays out. All right, so we'll now be moving into a recurring segment that we will perform on each episode. Um, This is one segment where we will highlight a standout performance, a breakout performance, anything that really caught our eye this week in the world of sports. Um, Noah, do you want to get started?
0: Uh, Like I said earlier, Chris and Yellich, that man is on a tear lately. I may not watch that much baseball, but I know good stats when I see him. His stats are impeccable right now. He's batting 500 through four games. If he keeps a streak up like this, it it could be unsurmountable. That's just that's this is how I feel.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's hard for him to maintain obviously a 0. .5 batting average. Well, yeah, he will come of course, down to course, earth a little bit, but I don't yeah. I don't see any reason why he could. Yeah, yeah, at but
0: at this rate, he may before. not drop down below 3, 320, 330. If he's really good, he can stay above three thirty-five. But I just I don't see it. I don't see it dropping that much, man. I just don't. I I feel like he's on some sort of tear. I really do.
2: Do you like his chances to repeat as the National League MVP?
0: If he keeps his rate up, absolutely. I see absolutely. They're saying, and I can honestly agree with it. Uh, his power may still yet have a roof. like there may be a chance that he can go over the 36 home runs that he hit last year. I really believe so. I feel like if he goes at this pace, he could easily get 42, 43. Easily. So you're
2: expecting an uptick in home runs and an uptick in batting
0: average? Uh, maybe not an uptick in batting average. That may go down. Uh, I'm sure the National League pitchers will catch up to him a little bit on his consistency, but I feel like the home runs will definitely have a chance of going.
3: Oh, yeah wonder who noah's favorite player is
0: <laughs> well no well yeah i guess it's kind of a fair case but this is the first
3: podcast all right who wants to go next
0: all right i'll jump
2: in here keeping on the baseball theme uh the one team that really caught my eye this week had to be the philadelphia phillies um, when you think about the offseason moves they made uh, acquiring jt real muto uh, gene segura signing uh, signing andrew mccutcheon Uh, It's definitely, and not to to forget, of course, Bryce Harper, um, the man on a mission. But uh, when you look at what they added this offseason, they definitely had high lofty expectations coming into the year. And I would say they definitely passed the eye test when you're looking at those expectations. A 3-0 sweep against the Atlanta Braves. Um, When you look at their starting pitching, Aaron Nola picking up last season's form with another quality start, six innings pitched. Only one earned run, 8 Ks. And Jake Arrieta, keeping his form from two years ago with the Cubs, another quality start with six innings, one earned run, and 6 Ks. I definitely think their rotation is something to be threatened with, especially if Nick Pavetta makes a jump that everyone's expecting. When you look at his fit versus ERA last year, it was definitely an abnormality.
3: Talking is hard.
2: I know, ERA of 4.77, with only a fib and a run lower, 3.8. Um, and the strikeout rate is insane, fifth among qualifying pitchers of 10.3 Ks per nine. But I definitely think Nick Pavetta is a sleeper that people need to be focusing on and could potentially put the Phillies into the World Series.
1: Yeah, I, like, how- uh, I like Jake Arrieta as well. He's a game changer. And and what how, about, the Cubs? how about
3: the Phillies Amazing. beefing up their lineup in addition to keeping Hernandez, Franco, and uh, Reese, Hos-
1: Reese Hoskins? Oh, Reese mm-hmm.
2: Hoskins. Third year breakout. Grand Slam
3: opening day. Nothing like it.
1: He's crazy. Yeah, he's awesome.
3: Well, my performance of the week, we're going back to March Madness. I'm going with Michigan State and Cassius Winston. So Michigan State won the Big Ten. They sweep Michigan 3-0. And some people thought... They got screwed screwed over by getting put in Duke's region after winning the Big Ten tournament being being that they were the highest two seed. But they did overcome it. They did start off slow against Bradley in the first round, but then rolled through the rest of the region and even like handily beating LSU wasn't even close the entire game. And then ultimately knocking Duke out in the lead eight. And I really like their defense in that Duke game. I mean, obviously Zion and RJ Barrett will get their points. But I thought they did a good job of forcing turnovers, which led to easy buckets in transition. And then Cassius Winston, he's just been phenomenal. He makes his teammates better. Big Ten Player of the Year for a reason. And then that Duke game, he had a double-double, 20 points, 10 assists, and played excellent defense. Locked down Trey Jones, held him to just four points. So I think he's just been on a tear this tournament, and he'll probably keep it going against Texas Tech. Cassius Winston only had one turnover as well. And the, I forgot to mention Mr. March, Tom Izzo, coach of the Michigan State Spartans.
1: Yeah, I'm not a fan of Tom Izzo. Oh, why not? I, I just I'm I don't know. I'm not a fan of the way he coaches.
3: You know, he almost came to Kentucky though, before they got Cal.
1: Well yeah. why don't you like uh, I don't know. I'm glad we got Cal. I like him a lot better than Tom Izzo. Why don't you like the way Tom Izzo coaches though? I don't know. He's kind of, you know, all like, blah, 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 blah. I'm Tom Izzo. You know, he's always getting in people's faces, yelling at his players. I don't know. I think it's oh, just oh, that yeah, way I of see. coaching. And just, you know. like Exactly like that? Is that why exactly, exactly. like that? Yep. hmm Yep. You see his face. Uh-huh. So you saw that clip? His face, I just
2: see. <laughs> so you saw that clip of him getting in Kenny Goins' face in the Bradley game?
1: Yeah, I did. Yeah. And I, that's what I don't like about him. And what what do you say it's, exactly
0: to the people that agree with that way of coaching exactly like
1: I mean there's one thing if you fire you're trying to fire your players up but I just feel like he just he gets on to them too much and it kind of okay. what what was that Chad? Uh, I was
3: no you can finish.
1: I just have a strong yeah.
3: opinion on this.
1: I feel Go like ahead. he just gets on to them a little too much and it kind of I feel like it can decrease their confidence at times. It's you know, it's one thing to fire them up but Decreasing their confidence isn't a good thing.
3: Okay. Here's the way I look at it it all depends on the coach's choice of words. Mm-hmm. And they can, they can, yeah, they can yell, they can, they can get in their face, fire them up. But to me, I think it's just, just making them, just trying to help them be better. And just, it's if they don't want to be yelled at, then do what the coach wants you to do and play better. Like, yeah. I just, I just think unless they're making personal attacks or anything, I think it's I think it's completely fine that they do that.
2: Yeah, yeah. All right, Josh, give us your last performance of the week, I have a feeling I know where he's going to go with this one.
1: <laughs> Good old Carson Edwards. Yeah,
2: that's that's his boy.
1: The boy from Purdue. Um, well, he got forty-two points. That's, that's one way of saying it. Uh, he was only one three-pointer shy of the NCAA tournament record in a game. So, Or just a NCAA record. And uh, he hit six of his threes in the last 14 minutes of the game. And somehow they still managed to lose. <laughs> I mean, what more can you ask from a player? That's, that's Devin Booker putting up 70 and losing to Boston right there, but in college. And how about the range of his shots, too?
2: Oh, yeah, he was he creating was his own it. shot. He was
1: pulling it four feet back from the three-point line. Like, he was just pulling it. Did it and... at all
0: seem careless to you, the shots he was taking? Because there was one shot he took that straight was a bank shot from deep on
1: the Oh, way. yeah. Oh, but yeah. Just, yeah. To yeah. me, those was, are just completely luck. He was just... taking risky shots, but when you're on fire, you're on fire, you know? Yeah. Uh, he also passed Curry in points, so... That's that's pretty prolific,
0: and that's all
1: right. Will, will he be like Curry? I don't know, but <laughs> what, do y'all, what do y'all think? Do you think he's going to get...
0: I don't see him having the range and consistency of Curry, but I feel like he could have a prototype. How do you think
1: Curry. the draft is going to go with uh, Carson Edwards? Is I see, feel like the, the draft as a whole is a whole conversation. <laughs> I, I think he's worked his way into, like, late first round, maybe. Um... I think he's. I think he's worked his way up. I mean, I don't. I think you could take a flyer
3: on him. the The guy can ball.
1: Yeah, he's averaging. He's averaging twenty four points a game. Granted, he's only averaging about three assists. That's. That's the point. worried about is his playmaking. You know, one thing about Curry is he's got the shot, but he's also got playmaking. Well, when
0: yep. you're making the shots at the rate he's making, I mean, you kind of don't want him to pass.
1: On an NBA defense, though. Well, uh,
0: yeah. Well, no, in the NBA, yeah. But I, at the rate he was going, I feel like he, he could keep that up. Yeah,
2: when you think about all the times he had the ball in his hand, he only ended up with four turnovers. So he definitely yeah. has a good
3: ball security, and he was trying to put the team on his back. Yep. Uh, but, uh, right. I I do. I, I do want to make one last comment, and I'm yeah. sorry, Duke people, but it's about Duke. How about I don't? How about Coach K and him with this? generational talent. Three of the top five picks in the upcoming draft. And then they came and make the final four. But everyone, everyone like hates on Cal and hates on Roy Williams and Bill Self and Tom Izzo whenever they don't, whenever they
1: underachieve. But no,
3: when coach K does it. No, oh, no one bats an eye.
1: Uh, you can have is... all good individual players you want, but if they can't play like a team, they're not doing anything.
0: You're exactly right. Give A better
1: they, team they... with better ball movement and better Better, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Better chemistry. Then yeah. I I'd take that any day over a Zion Williamson, RJ Barrett that can't play together. Exactly. That, yep.
3: and, and if you saw the Michigan State game, Duke had two or three fouls just in the second half with like two minutes to go, and I just, I just love that it's the ultimate karma that the reason they lost is because they didn't have enough <laughs> fouls to, to send <laughs> Michigan State to the free throw line. Yep. And anyway. it's to dribble at the clock. Revenge yeah. is a dish. Best served cold. Human. All right, guys. All right.
0: Well, that concludes
2: our segment of performances of the week. Uh, make sure to follow us on our Instagram and Twitter. Again, the handle is at the FTS pod. And if you have any questions or comments or any ways to improve the show, we'd love to hear your feedback. Our email address is the FTS pod at gmail.com. So uh, we'd like to see our inbox full. And we have our DMs open on our social media as well. So hit that follow button. Um, leave any questions or comments you may have. And uh, you'll hear from us Bye again next time. <laughs> Bye, have
1: a great time.
0: Bye, have a great time.